Welcome, Welcome to, to the Clam Bake! How do you like me now? Maybe as a chowder or on a platter with melted butter and tangy mustard in a cluster from the coast of California. A trust of luscious muscles bathed in the gravitational pull of the moon with a new batch coming soon. Fresh baked and tastefully welcoming you to the Clam Bake! Welcome to the Clam Bake! Welcome to the Clam Bake! Welcome to the Clam Fest. Nice. I'm Lindsay Stidham. Angela Golner is in her homeland of uh, the Midwest of the United States enjoying somebody's graduation. It's graduation season. Happy graduation if you're graduating from somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so we miss her, but she'll be back next week. And if you've never listened, the premise of the show is we want to be better feminists. And every week we interview different guests about their experiences, challenges, triumphs, and follies with feminism. Because being a human is tough and being a feminist is complicated. But our best resource is each other. So let's get talking. Whee! Yeah, we have two awesome guests today we have Anna and Shireen. I feel like I want to let you guys introduce yourselves and also don't want to butcher your last names, <laughs> but they're also hosts of the amazing podcast Ethnically Ambiguous, a podcast about being brown in America, hosted by two friends, an Iranian and a Syrian, telling you what's up. Yeah, that's yeah, us. Yeah, <laughs> So if you guys want to say a little bit more, Shireen, I also, we were just bonding over the fact that we both also make movies mm-hmm. um, yeah. and do that indie hustle sometimes and uh always yeah yeah, yeah. so you're a filmmaker and I'm what else? a filmmaker and um I write and direct and produce uh films and music videos the dream is a feature but I haven't gotten there yet I'm still terrified yeah um I also delete everything I write because I hate it so much so I need to get over that no, don't um, <laughs> yeah. but I'm getting there um yeah so I've done music videos and short films uh it's it's fun I like I like directing a lot it's 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 really a different uh, a feeling I can't really explain to watch something that you wrote kind of like manifest physically in front of you. Oh, it's so sad. It's a, a feeling I can't ever get over. So I just need to keep doing it to, yeah. for, until the end. <laughs> yeah, so cool. Yeah. So yeah. And Anna, you are like a podcaster extraordinaire. Yeah, super producer Anna. Yeah, what are the other podcasts Um, you're involved in? I work for How Stuff Works Comedy Division in LA here, and I work with Jack O'Brien, formerly of Cracked, and I used to produce Cracked uh, podcast, and he dragged me along for this new endeavor. Cool. So the two of us basically started this comedy vertical for How Stuff Works, and so we. Eventually, we had to pull Ethnically Ambiguous over. Mm-hmm. It was on Feral Audio before RIP. But yeah. um, they kind of like pulled me aside and they were like, bring your podcast over here. So I was like, okay, fine. Not, I mean, it was actually a great opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's been awesome over there, honestly. we they, they spoil us. I feel really lucky to be part of that network. Yeah, yeah. yeah that is it's so cool. cool. It's And then I produce a daily podcast called The Daily Zeitgeist with Jack O'Brien and Miles, Miles Gray, which is just like news and pop culture and... Yeah, it's a lot of that. And I also produce Nerdificent, which is like a, what's the tagline? A nerdy deep dive for everyone, um, which that. is hosted by Danny Fernandez and Ify Wadiway. Oh, um, awesome. Very cool. And we have another show called Culture Kings on the network, um, which is a bunch of UCB, wonderful UCB improvisers host it. And uh, yeah, we have, we have Behind the Bastards. We have a bunch of shows. Yeah. I literally, I don't know. 
there's like Anna, more Anna, more coming. Anna cool. is definitely more experienced in podcasting than I am. So to be honest, I was like intimidated going into House Stuff Works only because I felt so like a fish out of water. But it's been cool. I've been learning a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel like I uh, am accepting being someone that delves into different mediums because I before yeah. I was just like afraid like now I'm just going to be a podcaster. Like, what about yeah. my identity? <laughs> but I realized it's all in hap- my head. That's yeah. what happened to me. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like on all these podcasts and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great though. I mean, it's just so satisfying to be able to put stuff out so quickly. It's mm-hmm. just like. Yeah. Well, that's kind of why we even made it a podcast because originally <laughs> Ethnically Ambiguous was on YouTube. Oh, cool. It was a YouTube show that was on, it was a network called, or like a YouTube channel called Snarled. R.I.P. as well. Yeah, yeah. R.I.P. Um, so My friend we, Megan went, it was on Snarled. Yeah. So she, does, she doesn't live here, though. She's like a distant Snarled person. Yeah, but Snarled I watched a lot was of like, Snarled. Yeah. It was like a, like a female-centric mm-hmm. channel, and so we pitched them our idea of having me and Anna kind of this like daily show-esque, that's like a high, high praise, but it was just <laughs> us behind a desk talking about Middle Eastern stuff and, and issues that matter to us. Um, and we pitched it to them and they liked it and it ran for like six episodes. And then we realized we wanted to talk about more things and the production time would be cut significantly with the podcast. There's no cameras, yeah. there's no makeup or whatever, um, or editing. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So it's been, it, it works the best as a podcast. Yeah. Cool. How yeah. did you meet each other? We went to college together. Yeah. We were in like the same major, but we didn't really, we like had a lot of we mutual were friends and friends. Like, like college. I remember we were in like a few study groups. Yeah. So we like knew each other, but we didn't like really know each other. Yeah. Um, I knew of you enough to where I'm, when I moved to LA, she was producing comedy shows here. Yeah. And um, you invited me out to some shows and then I eventually started taking photos at those yeah. shows. And we, I would get, we just got closer because I would see her like every week, basically for those mm-hmm. shows. Yeah, Shereen's a great photographer, so oh, cool. I pulled her in. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. But now I don't do guys, any of that. Uh, Where did you guys go, and what what were you studying? We went to UC Davis, mm-hmm. oh, cool. and what, film studies. Was I did film. Called? I did film and communi- I did film communication and art history. Right, and I cool. did. Film, technocultural yeah. studies, and then art studio. Yeah. yeah. We were kind Just... of really similar. <laughs> Very cool. What a major to know nothing from anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's where Lady yeah. Bird did not want to go, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, when that's I watched our that, I was like, to fame. <laughs> what a bitch. Yeah. I know. I like Lady Bird. Yeah. 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 She's like, it's like 30 minutes away, 20 without traffic. I was like, yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> So our first question for everybody who comes on this podcast is, are you a feminist and why or why not? What if I just came through with like, Yeah, I was no. just that. I was like, <laughs> here's the thing. Women are better at everything and we deserve more. Yeah. Yeah. Into it. Um, yeah. We obviously we're feminists. Yeah, but um, I, I, I think I'm, I'm, I love the word. I love the meaning of feminism, but I get mad because I think sometimes some women ruin that word for me because yeah. they take it as hating men or like or just being like I have I have like a, a couple of friends that are straight women but they're like I've had it with men I'm gonna date women now I'm a feminist I'm like that's not feminism bitch like no yeah. like equality is what it is what's it, like I just want it to like all yeah, I think that's I called know. experimenting yeah exactly so it's just like well that's feminism now it's just like, like <laughs> I don't know. think you've ever read what the definition of feminism yeah. is yeah yeah, the YouTube comedian who just put out "This Is America," the 
the women's edition. She made me angry. It, I didn't. Like, I haven't seen it. I don't want to see don't it. Don't see oh, it. No. Don't do it. I just like fell down the hole, the internet hole this morning, and I clicked, and I was like, no. Yeah. That's anyway, yeah, it's like uh, it's such an important word, but I do think people are afraid of the word, which is why we ins- why we ask the question, and yeah, uh, it definitely evokes a lot of emotion for some people to talk about it still, which is very yeah. Cool. Yeah, I would yeah. consider myself feminist. One hundred percent. Yeah, I yeah. just hate when people ruin the fucking word because then people hate they hate their their idea of feminism in quotes because there's a person out there that's doing it wrong. Right. <laughs> if, that, if that makes sense, not that you can do it wrong, but you're making us look bad by being like a man hater or like because that's not what it's about. It's not about someone being better than the other person. It's just equality. We're all human beings. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah so. Totally. Totally. Yeah, very, yeah, it has to be like beyond race. Exactly. You know? Yeah. White feminism is dangerous. When I was in Iran, I like told a cousin, I was like, "Well, yeah, I'm a feminist," and he's like, "But you're not a lesbian, right?" And I was like, <laughs> "What?" <laughs> and I was just like not answering him. Like, what? Do you, what? Who are you? Like, he <laughs> checks your armpits are shaved. Yeah. 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 I was like, I don't know. Am I? Like, just freak <laughs> the whole family out in Iran for a little bit. Yeah. I really like all the kids who are just a bit younger than us. Not a ton, but I just mm-hmm. feel like the next generation. Like, uh, I just recently saw a study that something like 45% of them do not identify as a specific gender. And I'm Whoa. like, damn, if we can get to a genderless world, like how crazy cool would that be? Like, That's insane. I, That's I doubt we cool. ever will. Who knows? Maybe we will. I don't know. There's so many cool terms for things that didn't exist when I, feel like I once, was a teenager. Once we li- eliminate the color white from like... All, like all people become mixed eventually. Yeah. yeah. So people to, become more beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> once, we all just have to once, start procreating yeah. with someone who is not our race, and then. Yeah, because I because I, no. once yeah I think I think you're right because once white or straight are not the default states, mm-hmm. you know like because mm-hmm. that's that's what they are now. Like no one comes out as straight. No one comes. No one like is asks what are you to a white person. You know what I mean? So it's like once those are accepted as not default things, I think we would be in a good spot in society. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe everybody being a mixed-race person will happen before the gender. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Hopefully. It's a wild world. Um, so how did your podcast come to be, and how has it evolved since you began? Um, kind of like what Shireen said, we decided to do something that was – that we could put out faster and then mm-hmm. it, it, we had more control over yeah and we could put more information in per each episode so we pitched it to feral audio mm-hmm. and they were like yeah sure come on down and then we recorded like two or three sample episodes that's yeah. right yeah. so our first episode ever i was in iran and shreen was yeah. in america and we were like skyping back and forth cool. and recording it and trying to record an episode and i think we did like two or three of those yeah and then we recorded one when we came when I came back to America, mm-hmm. and that's the one my, I think. Yeah, we took that was out. the Sarah June one. We recorded in my apartment. No, I remember we recorded one before that in my bed. Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> I remember like yeah. on my like under all my like. I remember, I just, like, and that dog in... kept barking. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, the dog kept barking. We were like, <laughs> yeah. damn it. Did yeah. you record? Um, did you interview anybody while you were in Iran? For, for your dad. Early... Your dad was yeah. In we the were like for a minute. We were making my dad talk, but. 
not really because I don't think any of them really understood what I was doing there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also don't they don't all have like good English, so I don't would have been aware. Yeah. Yeah. But it was more just like talking to her about her experience over there and like it was we thought it was I think I, th- I still think it's a cool idea to have an international podcast kind of thing like that. Right. And yeah. it was also like right after the travel ban happened. Right. So I was Whoa. in like a weird was sticky situation yeah. being in a <laughs> Being in a banned country, yeah. so I was like, oh, maybe I'll never come back. Yes. Farewell, yeah. this is your podcast. Yeah, you will just spend the rest of my life in some like border control. Oh, uh, what man. is it? It's not. It's not ICE. It's a. Uh, they're like on the ground. What's the people Deten- at the, the detention like? Like, uh, like customs, yeah, customs. customs. There yeah. we go. And then customs, I think, do have detention centers. And yeah, so yeah. Like, I thought they were gonna like here. take all my stuff apart and be like, "What's this? Are you a terrorist?" And I'd be like, "No, oh, God." <laughs> That brings yeah. me, I mean, I, I don't have this on the list, but I would love to know a little bit more. So um, were you both born here? You were both born in your your countries and immigrated or? I was born your, here, but my yeah. parents are both born in Iran and then yeah. came to America in the 70s and met here and went to college here and then got married and then had me and my cool. fam. Yeah. Cool. And my yeah. parents were both uh, born in Syria, married in Syria. Moved here in the 80s, um, had me and my older sister. When I was a month old, we moved back. So I was there when I was younger, and then we moved back here again. We moved around a lot in California, but um, we would go back there every summer, basically. So um, until, like, 2010, 2011, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, oh, my God. Yeah. I heard it. I mean, we'll get into this a little bit more, but I heard it's, like, literally the most beautiful place in the world. It's. It's some. I can't even describe it. I. I. It's. Uh, it's. It's something else. It's a different planet altogether. There. It's so beautiful. There's so much history. That you feel like you're, in this time capsule, and it's. Uh, it's unfortunate because I think the memories I have in my head are obviously not true. Like they're not real anymore because every like a lot of places that I remember are not. They're. They're like, destroyed. <laughs> yeah. Um. Like Aleppo, for example, is literally one of the oldest cities in the world and it, all of that architecture for the most part is gone all the those the families are destroyed uh, and uh it's really really upsetting and i and i love architecture i love our history um and so that's upsetting for me first uh, not first but like on its own but yeah it's a, it's damascus is the oldest city in the world and they're they're destroying that place and it's the it's I, yeah, I can talk. I can. It's just really sad. It's yeah, really sad. Yeah, yeah. I know you guys just did. Um, I think you've both done an episode uh, individually talking about your countries as well. Like mm-hmm. you can, so you can go to ethnically, ethnically ambiguous and listen to an episode specifically about Syria. Which yeah, mm-hmm. um, is I would very recommend cool. that one. Yeah, if we, yeah, I'm proud of that episode. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> uh, this is it's talking about these places, which are incredibly hot-button political issues at the moment. So I know you just broke down the Iran nuclear deal on the podcast. Please help us. Can you do a basic breakdown now? And what are some of the po- possible consequences of Donald Trump having just pulled out of the deal? Oh, boy, oh, boy. Uh, so the Iran nuclear deal was created in order to stop Iran's nuclear program. So uh, it was signed in 2015. It's called like the JPCOA. Joint, no, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Joint something commission. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's an acronym. Co- yeah, it's an acronym for like all these words that don't say Iran in it, but or nuclear. Um, so 
it's basically called the Iran nuclear deal. And uh, the whole point was that Iran has like these uranium enrichment plants. And the con- the idea was that they would stop doing any sort of uranium enrichment, which I don't know science very well, but apparently that helps make n- nuclear mm-hmm. weapons. <laughs> yeah. And so they had to stop that. They had to get rid of their like heavy water plants, which is mm-hmm. like another thing that they use. Um, basically, they shut everything down. And they signed an agreement that the IAEA, which is like the Atomic Energy Association, can go in at any point and mm-hmm. check anything. Like literally yeah. be like, I want to walk into that building. And then right. they have to let them into that building. Yeah. And so they can't make any like secret nuclear weapons. Yeah. Um, and it was they, it happened in 2015 under yes. Barack Obama. It was signed in 2015. Yeah. And it's um, the European Union, um, United States, Germany, Russia. Uh, who else was Basically in it? anybody that kind of has nuclear yeah, weapons the big, already, Yeah, the right? big powers yeah. in the U.S. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Iran passed all the checks yeah, that they, they ever were, had. They were doing yeah. great. Uh, and then I guess Trump just never read a book in his life, so he doesn't know anything. And he was like, I don't like it because Obama did it. Yeah. Or I don't yeah. know. And then he's just like, brown people. Yeah. And uh, so by shutting that down... Um, oh, also another thing is Iran gives us like 280... I don't know if that's the exact number, like billion gallons of oil or something like Mm -hmm. that and so that's basically going to get shut down and so all our gas prices are going to go up way up heavily yeah Yeah. and now iran if the deal does not continue with the european uh countries who are trying to keep it in place um iran can basically start making nuclear weapons yeah and that's shady um it's it's just absurd because I feel like Donald Trump's whole fucking shtick for the, this his entire pl- uh, time in office is just undoing everything that Obama had done. Yes. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. even thinking of why he's doing it. Right. Like every yeah. single person around him was like, mm, don't yeah. pull out of that. Every person, like John Mathis, the secretary of defense, was like, don't do it, dude. Yeah. Like everyone was like, don't do it. The only people who were against it were like, what? Trump, John Bolton, his like security advisor, yeah. who's a full-on psychopath, yeah. um, who wants to literally bomb anything and everything that's ever moved. Yeah, uh, Netanyahu because Netanyahu lives in his own bubble. Um, uh, Mohammed bin Salman, mm-hmm. um, and, the and crown prince of Saudi Arabia. Yeah, and uh, the uh, uh, king of uh, um, United Arab Emirates, yeah. whose name I cannot remember. It's like Sheikh Mohammed something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, they're the ones against it, but they also like hate iran yeah that's all like personal pettiness not like yeah like trump he's he his reason for pulling out one of them was he cited this israeli study or like like report i I should say that iran wasn't following the deal even though every other source every other fact-based source was saying that they had passed all the checks but this one thing from israel which of course hates iran and they're going to be biased towards it um, that's the one that Trump decided to like tell everybody about. Yeah, and the IAEA, who is in charge of making sure Iran's in check, was like, "Do not listen yeah. to that. Now, <laughs> like, is yeah. not. This is not cool." But yeah. Israel is notor- notoriously biased in their mm-hmm. news reports and all of their things, and so well, just yeah. Israel and Iran, like they, like they're like those two like the best way to describe it it's like the mean girl versus the other mean girl Mm -hmm. and they have their cliques and they like run the school and they're like battling to run the school and it's just like yeah we get it yeah you don't like each other Mm -hmm. and you're both assholes we get (laughs) it and And i know israel is like very nationalist point of view right now but i don't know much about iran is it is it similar that it's like iran Mm -hmm. country first or are they more like we do want to be more a world player on the world stage Whereas, like, I know Israel, the past couple of elections, they've very much been, like, 
the only thing that matters is our own country. Well, kind of like similar to Donald Trump's platform of America. The reason first. Iran did the a nuclear deal is because of like very intense sanctions on the country. Mm-hmm. So they can't get anything. Mm-hmm. So like they can't trade. They can't yeah. have anything brought to them. Like their airplanes are literally falling apart and crashing. Like it's a risk you take flying within the country. Ugh. And it's like really crazy. And my dad just flew back from Iran on Sunday and we're all like, Woo! <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's really wild. Like they can't get parts to replace parts. Mm-hmm. Like they can't do anything. Mm-hmm. And the, that, that deal benefited both of us. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. Yeah, we don't get bombed, and they get to, like, have an airplane that works. Yeah. yeah. It helped um, their economy. It helped their... Yeah. The, the freedom. Like, the, the Iranian citizens now, they might have trouble traveling, like, to the United States and, like, vice versa. Oh, yeah, stuff. they have no chance. Yeah. Iranians can't get a visa to save their lives these days. But yeah. um, they... So, Iran's very weird. It's all about itself. They keep to themselves, but they also kind of want – they want to, like, westernize in the sense of technology, mm-hmm. but they don't really want the culture to westernize in any way because the regime is still very much in power. Like, mm-hmm. the Ayatollah is, like, out here, like, tweeting crazy shit, being mm-hmm. like, death to everybody, and yeah. you're like, chill. They burned They burned the yeah. – uh, They burned a uh, US, uh, U.S. flag piece of paper printed, yeah. and they're like, we'll burn it, and they're all in, like, parliament, like, woo! It's <laughs> a crazy you're video. Like, <laughs> yeah, and you're like, oh. oh. And they burned, like, the contract, the nuclear yeah. deal contract. They're like we'll like like they they usually dismiss Trump completely, which is like kind of cool, but also like uh, a recipe for disaster. Well, that's what's funny is anytime Trump says anything about Iran, like the foreign minister Javad Zarif is out here on Twitter so quick tweeting back, like literally clapping back at everything Trump says, and it's like they're out here, they know exactly what's going on, um, and they're not happy with us. It's crazy to me that Twitter and social media are so are they're making policy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, same with Syria. Syria too, like Syria uses social media for propaganda now. Like they'll mm-hmm. like after uh, the regime bombed um, uh, Gouda, they they posted on Twitter or no no after after the United States bombed uh, Syria, the this this like political uh, uh, Twitter for Syria like posted just like a video of Bashar al-Assad just like walking casually into his palace with a briefcase like business as usual like nothing is wrong <laughs> just a normal yeah. Tuesday yeah. Oh and, like, it's, and it's really absurd like like Anna was saying like it's impossible to get a visa if you're from these countries like no. Syria Iran like like they're they're making it impossible for the like these little these decisions that are, are they they seem so easy for trump and other people to make they affect so many people right before it took like six to months to a year to get a visa yeah for like that's already how hard it was yeah no syria was even more than that my family was waiting a decade literally yeah like a a couple of my uncles they were just able to come to the united states like a year ago after literally applying a decade ago wow from syria like it was already impossible and so now i mean the i mean the what's happening over there like the genocide essentially is definitely like people are can't get out but also before that with the travel ban and everything like you're demonizing villainizing a people that that are it's just it's it's not healthy people that need help right now exactly and and people that follow trump and middle america not all i mean like but the people that follow trump they will have this image of these immigrants forever as these people that shouldn't be here yeah yeah Yeah. that's my next question basically is i i know we've only accepted 11 syrian refugees this year i hate to even say it it like it makes me so mad yeah it makes me mad it makes me like want to throw up in all honesty it's just like when you 
when you actually, I'm a news junkie, so I watch a lot of news. And when you're kind of like, and you watch news from other places that are in America and mm-hmm. you truly see what's happening, it's just like, how can we do that? But this is basically like the biggest humanitarian crisis of our time. And we've only accepted 11 people this year, I'm sure, because of our current political situation. So how do we change America's perception of refugees when we have this administration in power, like spouting crazy, fictional, hateful rhetoric all the time? Yeah. We're asking big questions tonight, guys. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's so hard because like, I never, I don't think there is any chance of the Middle East ever not becoming like the terror zone. Mm-hmm. I think um, just because we've are, it, it's like almost like set in our minds. Middle East war, where the scapegoat, yeah, yeah, we're, we're like the scapegoat. that's it. Yeah. And it's also because most of our economy is run on weapon sales, so we'll forever be funneling weapons into that. Mm-hmm. Like like Raytheon, that whole company exists yeah. because they can just like literally ship cargoes full of weapons to the Middle East and be like 280 billion woo and then like yeah. well, I don't know that's I don't know war exact is profitable. numbers yeah. yeah like war is where we make money yeah um so the Middle East will always be the demon because we always need to blame someone yeah. you know like for a while it's Japan now it's you know the Middle East or before it was Russia during yeah. the Cold War and it's like we always need the evil because we always need to be able to sell yeah. these guns off <laughs> and make people scared. Yeah. And, and Russia's still evil. Like, yeah. but that oh, stuff yeah. lingers. Have you heard of Russia? Yeah. Like, <laughs> but, that, but I'm saying, like, even when the scapegoat shifts, yeah. it still lingers. Like, it, it's still there. Like, people still get mad about Germany sometimes still. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's always... And Germany's accepting the most immigrants yeah. right now mm-hmm. of, a, of any country. I have a cousin in Germany right now. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's... it's I think. Wild. I think... I think people, I think the news needs to be held responsible for how they represent or how they sh- depict refugees and people from other countries because so many times headlines are, it's like skewed so subtly, but they make it sound yeah. like they're the other. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah. Like, yeah. currently, NPR is a fucking. Can I swear? Sure. Okay. <laughs> NPR is fucking up. I never thought I would say that, yeah. but they are out here displaying this Gaza Strip protest oh as God. if Israel and Palestine. Like, listen to the up, um, up, or what's it like? Oh shit! What's it called? I don't know. There was one of those shows like Fresh Up or something like that. I feel like I'm up mixing front. two. <laughs> fresh Air. Yeah. <laughs> fresh Up Front, something like that. They were talking and they were describing. They were like, oh, so each side has a valid point. No. And it's like, they were literally being like, and so um, the, the, Israel has to to protect their side, like, because people are trying to uh, uh, jump on the border wall, and they need to protect the border wall. And it's like, no, they don't. They just no. don't need to kill people. No. They don't need to have, like, use fire, firearms to protect people. Also... What are you talking about? Yeah. It's not a border, first yeah. of all. It's an occupied territory. Second of all, it's not a clash when civilians are being sniped at. No yeah. one's clashing with someone if there's yeah. someone without a weapon and yeah. someone's sniping at them. And also, like, headlines that read, like, this many people have died. Yeah. And it doesn't say who. It doesn't say who. It's but crazy. Also, it's like, they haven't died. They, they were, were killed. killed. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. Were they killed. didn't die from, like, a plague. <laughs> yeah. No, they were they murdered. Were yeah. No, someone shot them. And they it's very out bizarre when, like, they don't even put Israel or Palestine in the headlines. Yeah. Like, that is even very yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. Palestinian. Like, it's just... And then, and then they have the audacity sometimes to make it sound like the majority of Palestinians are associated with Hamas, this, tar- this organization or whatever. So I think headlines and the news, and even like 
entertainment media. Like I think mm-hmm. ever we need to start representing those individuals with with empathy and and with truth. And it's so damaging because even like me and Anna probably I mean Anna gets this a lot. I I Anna probably gets this a lot because I do too, but I'll tell people I'm Syrian and they'll look at me like, really? Like, as if the, the thing they have in their head is different. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what they're imagining. Like, I, like if I don't have a turban or a beard or like, I don't know, like, <laughs> I'm not like 10 shades darker. Like, I don't know what their image is of a Middle Easterner in their head, but we're just like you. And we, uh, my like, I don't, it's just that people have an image of, in their head because of how the media shows them mm-hmm. we are. Um I, yeah. I had a very interesting conversation today. I won't say who it is because I don't want to shade them. But they were like, oh, like I was talking about my genetics. And they're like, oh, well, like aren't – because we were also talking about Palestine and Israel mm-hmm. earlier. And they were like, well, Palestinian women aren't naturally like really curvy. And I was like, what? what? I'm Iranian. And he's like, oh, then why are you so upset about Palestine and Israel? And I was like, what? <laughs> like, I was like, <laughs> whoa. Like I felt like I like blacked out for a second. I was like, don't hit this person right in the face. Uh, and then I had to be like – I need to know who this is after. Yeah, I'll tell you later. But, uh, I was just like, I, why? Because you're like, a human. Because I'm a human being and I have yeah. – I am able to like, feel – First of all, who cares? Who cares? <laughs> um, also, what what does like my country of origin have to do with how my body yeah. – yeah, yeah like, so many things are wrong with my that mama is curvy so i curvy yeah. <laughs> like it's that simple yeah. oh, it was a very frustrating conversation and i and i like felt like i couldn't actually just be like all right bye and like walk yeah. away like i had to like like interact with them and try and break down like my emotions and feelings towards what they had just said but you know you get yeah. to that point where you're like yeah, like, I might snap at you, so I really do need to pull myself away yeah. from this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. There I are so many crazy. times when that happens, and and people say something, and I, it, it is it worth the energy, like the mental energy that I have to exert to explain myself to you, even though it sounds like you have an opinion already, kind yeah. of thing. Um, yeah. Well, that's something I've realized with older people, is their minds are set on Israel. Mm-hmm. We've oppressed. Jewish people for so long that Israel can't do anything wrong. Yeah. And it's kind of like, yeah, but come on. Yeah. <laughs> like, they, if they, they, they kill people, pass. they're still killing people. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Like, it doesn't, they don't get a free pass for the rest of the time yeah. just because it's Israel. No, that's, they should be held accountable. And I think Americans need to see, see it for what it is. Like, see that our, the majority of our news junkets and, and whatever, they are so biased for Israel. Like, they, like mm-hmm. Israel and America are so conjoined. Mm-hmm. It is so rare that Israel will be criticized. Mm-hmm. And that's wrong. That's not news anymore. No. That's not news. Yeah. No. Yeah. And we literally, anytime we say anything about Israel, we'll get, like, these older people writing and being like, this show is so anti-Semitic. And it's like, no, like, you just gotta stop. Yeah. Take a look at the situation mm-hmm. yeah. and realize, like, these, this is just not okay anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, or we'll cite an amazing news source, Al Jazeera, yeah. and people will be like, "That's ISIS." <laughs> They'll be like, "That's Whoa. a biased source for Middle Eastern people." It's like, "Oh God, forbid someone is biased yeah. for Middle Eastern people, yeah. while like, every source hates us." Al Jazeera has huge offices in yeah. America now, and it's, they have it's yeah. an amazing. It's a legitimate news source <laughs> it's fair that is and it's balanced. One of the only news sources that just. Like, they just tell you the facts. Yeah. And that's yeah. it. They don't even speculate. They're yeah. like, here's what happened. Yeah. They don't even take a side on his real no. side. They just report the fact. Like, here's what's going on. You feel something yeah, about it. Exactly. And and it's like, oh, exhausting. Pe- people just hear Arabic words or something and they're just like, ISIS or like something. Terror- they're like, 9 11 again. And you're like, what? First of all, 9 11 was done by Saudi. Saudi Arabia, and guess who's not on the yeah. travel ban is Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia. Think about it, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Out here. Also, it's like 
I think people forget how fragile the Middle East is so connected and mm-hmm. every co- every country has such a complicated relationship and they've had complicated yeah. relationships for hundreds yeah. of thousands of years and like of course we should be caring about what's happening in Israel and Palestine because it can have ripple effects for the whole region. Well, it's like, also because so much of our money is funneled into the Israeli army and the Israeli mm-hmm. military. Like, no one really understands that. Like, there are so many companies here, like Starbucks, a lot of their profits go to Israel. Like, like companies that you wouldn't, like, like, why is that? Like, why are, I feel like people need to really question what's going on. Yeah, our tax dollars yeah. go, there's a portion that goes to Israel. Like, why? Like, like that, that's, that's, it's, so we pay for these yeah. people to die. People, That's the crazy thing. People, like, like the same people that say we shouldn't put our nose in the Middle East are the same people that love Israel and don't mind us putting our nose in the Middle East, like yeah. putting our nose in Israel. So it's like, I don't know. It's it's infuriating. It's infuriating sometimes to to hear to hear people's arguments that are, have no basis in reality. Yeah. yeah, it's hard to get to reality these days. Yeah feels like work and people don't like to do work they like yeah. to scroll through their facebook but that's a whole nother episode <laughs> um so so we we're just talking about how you know beautiful syria and iran as well are and changing before our eyes depending on what news source you can watch how mm-hmm. much it's changed um i recently saw some photos of how much syria has changed and what it used to look like which is incredibly insane to look at um and I literally feel like my – and I went to grade school. I went to wonderful schools. So I went to performing arts high school where, like, everybody was accepted. I had a really good education. And then I, like – I loved history. I took, like, all the AP history classes. And I literally cannot tell you <laughs> any history of either region of Syria or Iran. I'm like, Mesopotamia? <laughs> like, that's terrible. Like, yeah. why have we failed so much of, like, places that are the birthplace mm-hmm. of – humanity literally and i know so little about those places and i know this is like such a short podcast i only have so much time with you guys but um if there's anything you would like to say about either region that we should know and it's nuts that we don't know uh especially about the history because even history classes are biased you guys we learn about certain things like who the fuck cares about the gold rush no like like we (laughs) like I, i i agree with you i think our history classes are so lacking because I think there's so much rich, rich history that we never hear about in any class. But um, we don't really hear about modern Middle Eastern problems. Yeah, really. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's all like Mesopotamia, how those regions formed and separated and broke up and turned into, I don't know, whatever yeah. the Middle East is. And then, I know nothing about the Middle East. And then like, <laughs> you know, there was that one movie about Egypt. The prince, the prince of prince of Egypt, the prince of Egypt, yeah. And then you watch that, which that's what I really remember watching in history. But class. that's like biblical, you know. Yeah. Like, like that's the thing. Like even the history that you think is for us is also for Christ- Christian yeah. people. Like, it's not really. Like you learn about Moses, but you're yeah, like, it's like also, yeah, it's like we want something that's actually ours to to be proud of, not an animation. Yeah, there should yeah. be like a modern Middle yeah. Eastern history course. I mean, even taught yeah. in like high school. Yeah. yeah. Just like basics of Just like, like a basic, okay, like one semester. Who hates who and why? Shuni versus <laughs> Shuni. Sunni versus Shiite. Like that. Yeah. Just yeah. that breakdown in itself yeah. to be like, why do they hate each other? Yeah. Why? I'm going to teach that class. <laughs> Tell us. Uh, Sunni versus Shiite hate each other from as far back as when the Prophet Muhammad existed and they have, um, when Prophet Muhammad 
ceased to exist, passed away. He passed away. Um, ceased to exist. <laughs> I'm like trying to speak like very like uh, politically correct. <laughs> uh, I don't like to say died because um, I feel like that puts a lot of pressure. It's um, triggering. Yeah, I don't want to trigger anyone who's ever f- had someone die around them. <laughs> um, they differed on whether they wanted um, like who to lead next. Uh-huh. Yeah, the Muslim yeah. Islam community, and then also I believe the. Um, Shiites wanted uh, who did they want to lead? His nephew. His nephew, but then Ali. the the, yeah. the Sunni worshippers wanted his like the, his not like his it, like friend or yeah something? it was like his his confidant like the his closest confidant, person right. to Muhammad at the time. Um, so and yeah, so they differed a... on that, and then they just had they separated. They're they're both Muslims, and they they get along for the most part like here in modern America or like modern Western worlds, but and in, in like there's there are some ancient. Communities right. Also, isn't little. Sunni mostly follows the word of the Prophet Muhammad, mm-hmm. and Shiite follows God or and or the Quran more? Um, what is that? No, I think they follow all like his nephew a lot more. Like like or well, because I know but, there was a separation also where like Sunni leaned more towards Prophet Muhammad, and then Shiite le- leaned more towards I think direct word of Quran um, or something like. I don't know. I'm sorry. It's so, I mean, <laughs> something I mean, like that. The, Look the it up for me. It's, it's like it's like Catholicism and Christianity. Like they, they have their their differences, but they're mm-hmm. they're essentially. I don't want to say the same. Like I'm not. I was raised Muslim, but I don't really um, believe anything anymore. I feel pretty. Uh, um, I I remember when I was twelve, I told my mom I didn't believe in God, and she started crying. So I've accepted that it's not part of my 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 being. But um, I have the most respect for that religion because um, I know it, and it's uh, beautiful, and it's not what people think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's complicated, just like any other religion. There's extremists, just like any other religion, where they're like like the Christianity is not defined by the Ku Klux Klan. So extremists in Islam shouldn't be the definition of it. So yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, there is something. Um, Syria, there's these water wheels in Hama, where my mom is from, and my mom is from a country town called, called Hama. My dad is from the Damascus, the, the capital of Damascus, and Hama is this country town, and they have these ancient water wheels from like the Islamic medieval era, like centuries ago, and they're considered one of the like the great wonders of the world i think um but no one knows about them but when you go there in person if you're ever able to go they're still cranking out this water and they make this noise it's like this like grumbling like like a rumbling roar that's like the wood how the wood creaks when the water is moving and there's like there's there's a feeling you get when you're there that i can't describe but that's how i know it's like a magical place yeah, like it's like out of everything I I've ever I don't know I just and they invent like they invented the water wheel I believe the like, the, the aqueducts like the aqueduct yeah. systems kind of started there they invented math Syrians invented math yeah um, and hummus don't get on me Jewish mm-hmm. people <laughs> Israelis that's not for you hummus um, real quick I want to correct myself okay so Sunni Muslims rely on the Sunnah which is the teachings of the Mo- mm-hmm. Prophet Muhammad and then the Shiites rely on their ayatollahs who they see as the word of yeah. God. Nayatollahs are like the supreme leaders. They're like mm-hmm. the religious clerics of Iran. Basically. Yeah, that's another thing about Iran. There, mm-hmm. there's a supreme leader, like a religious leader, and there's also a political leader. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's unique. But the to that supreme country. leader gets final say. Yeah, even the word supreme leader is like intense. Yeah, it's like Star yeah. Wars. Yeah, <laughs> it's it very intense. The dark side. Yeah. Um. Do you guys feel with so much going on in each of your countries? Do you ever feel that you were closer to 
be a part of changes happening or be a part of any humanitarian efforts going on, um, like Syria's in literal crisis. Do you mm-hmm. ever feel like because you're so far away, you feel a longing for that place at all? 100%. I even like as a filmmaker, I I wish I had the balls and the protection or just like the ability to go there and document it and and see it through the, my eyes and my camera's like lens um and just uh, or immortalize it in a way that only I could um and make a difference that way because I think film especially now and just the visual medium it connects with people so much more than an article or whatever because people need to see what's going on other than just seeing statistics because mm. people are more than that so yeah 100% I, I wish all the time that I could do that and I almost like I, I've almost done it so many times, and I've gone talk. I mean, I shouldn't. I shouldn't go because it's very dangerous. But I want to, and um, yeah, it's it's heartbreaking because and I feel like the closest thing. I know it's not exactly the same thing, but like I have a lot of like survivors guilt being Syrian American sometimes because a lot of my family don't have the luxury of like having been raised here and mm-hmm. went to college and. The, the, my cousins that have moved here recently, they have to start over again. They, mm. they, their English is like not the greatest. They, they're trying their hardest, but they have to start over and go to community college and try to find this, restart their whole life. And here I am, like complaining about dumbass shit. Like, <laughs> so, yeah, I think, yeah, I have, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying every day to like reconcile that part of myself. And I think the pod, my, our podcast helps me with that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wish I was able to do something more like, all, all the time. Yeah. 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 Why, how do you feel about about <laughs> the, your proximity as far as like, because you were in Iran recently, though. I mean, I was in Iran in February of last year and my dad just went for a month and I would have gone other than like I have work. But I also I uh, well, a part of me is very like I started this podcast to kind of like be more like build more awareness Mm -hmm. about the middle east and just be like and you know brown people were people too like whatever like stop with all your like preconceived notions like you really know nothing um and i struggle with it because i know deep down i kind of know i like fucked up like i may not be able to go back to iran anymore because iran is very strict about this kind of like stuff like Mm -hmm. they don't like any sort of acknowledgement of their behavior in mainstream media that's not gone through the propaganda Mm -hmm. like yeah yeah, channels and so i get scared because like iran is known they're notorious for arresting um iranian american like nationalists who come into the country and um they will use them as like political bargaining tools which doesn't do anything because america clearly we have no policy on iran anymore (laughs) so they're not going to negotiate to try and get you out like trump's not here for you if you get arrested in iran so i get scared um, that I might not ever be able to go again. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, oh, what do you think you're so important that they <laughs> give a shit about you? But at yeah. the same time, it's like, because they do. They look at your Facebook before you come and they wow. see what you're posting. Yeah. Like yeah. random people have been arrested and put in like still in solitary confinement. And just be like a mother or like this dude yeah. who just posted one thing on Facebook. And that was the end of his fucking life trying yeah. to go visit his family in Iran. So I, I have a lot of anxiety and I get scared. And it, it really bothers me because I like, that could mean I might not ever see my family again or I have to get them to meet me. Like, we always talk, like, maybe we'll meet in Dubai and it'll be easier. Yeah. But it still, like, makes me really sad that I won't be able to go see, like, my older relatives who, like, clearly can't travel mm-hmm. as easily and yeah. are definitely on their way out. Like, I really want to go see my grandma, my mom's mom, because she's getting older. 
and yeah, yeah it's, it's, I think that's it's hard being children of immigrants when you when you have so much family in the Middle East. It really feels like you'll never like. It's hard to think like I might ever I might never see these people again. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I haven't back I haven't been back to Syria since 2010, and the the the, the people that I remember are different now. They have either they're they're older or they're just. They've seen things that they never, no one should ever see or experience things someone should ever experience, and I might not ever see them again. And yeah. it's, I don't, it's, yeah, it's it sucks. It's the shittiest feeling. The shittiest yeah. feeling. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, I'm the only. My parents are each the only person in their family that's in America. Yeah, I have like no other family in America. Like, I have to go to Iran if mm-hmm. I want to see anyone who's a blood relative of mine, other than my annoying family. But like, <laughs> it's kind of wild, and I don't know. I, like, yeah. kind of push it to the back of my mind for the time being. Like, I have moments where, like, like the day the Iran nuclear mm-hmm. deal happened, like, I had a full meltdown that day. Like, I was just yeah. crying and screaming at everyone on Twitter. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, like, retweeting, like, crazy person. And someone would say something to me. I'd be like, leave me alone. Your problems don't matter. <laughs> and I was just, like, full psycho the whole day because I was just like, fuck this. Like, nobody yeah. cares. Like, nobody cares about Iran. It's just some distant bullshit. Like, n- no one, like, they're like, oh, Iran dealing whatever it's like, it was like you're yeah. the one that's gonna be paying eight dollars a gallon you realize that right yeah. well i don't know don't and it was like that. the same day as like the met gala too i think yeah. and so it was like kind of like uh, bizarre to see everyone yeah. being so up to date on who was wearing what and like <laughs> yeah. who's your favorite outfit and i'm just like, over here like boiling inside yeah like, i'm like yeah. literally the the real which is like the dollar of iran has dropped so much it basically means nothing everyone in iran is freaking the fuck out like i was facetiming with my dad and being like what's going on he's like oh everyone's freaking out you go to the corner shop they're freaking yeah. out you walk outside they're freaking out go downstairs talk to your aunt she's freaking the fuck out and you're like yeah everyone's like oh cool sanctions are coming yeah. our lives are gonna shut down right. yeah right economy's always, not good i think maybe you can relate to this too but i was always really envious of my friends that have family here that would like have thanksgiving all together and go go, go to grandma's house and like yeah. just like gather all together and have all the family for whatever holiday it was and uh i never we never had that growing up it, it was so it's really isolating as, as amazing it I'm grateful that we I grew up here 100%, but it's isolating too, because when we, we when I was able to visit, I was the American cousin, the weirdo, and then you're over here and you have and and you see so many people love their families, they, all their extended families all together, and you you have this dream in your head as a kid of one day that can happen to us, like we can all live really close together and get together and. Then you grow up and you realize that everyone is scattered because of war or because of something else. And you just have to accept that that's not your reality. And mm-hmm. it's a privilege that I think a lot of people don't realize they have. Yeah. Something we totally take for granted. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. When I go to Iran, my grandpa hooks it up with the dough. <laughs> and that's like, what, once a year if I'm lucky? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, um, when you that exchange rate, oof, it's not gonna be good anymore. <laughs> He's gonna be giving me the same rip. amount. I'm like, look, I know how to do math. Okay, yeah. so you better up that to make sure that shit hits the exchange rate when I go. Okay, I'm a terrible person. I'm sorry. Sorry, Grandpa. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm just gonna clean him dry. I'm trying to clean him out next yeah. time I go. Um, women were making like a, a lot of progress in the last couple of years in Iran with with women's rights. Is that? Mm-hmm. Is that true? What is kind of well, going on right now? So a lot of women have been protesting the need to wear the hijab, and mm-hmm. they've been taking it off, and they get arrested, and there's some issues with that. But protests have been going on, and people are supportive of, supportive of it. 
but like the regime is clearly like no Mm -hmm. like they don't want it but the regime is struggling that's why protests have been sparking like the economy is poor like i said um the money the dollar version of their money is dropping uh value compared to like the euro and the actual dollar and everyone's upset that Iran focuses so much on like Syria and Yemen and Saudi Arabia and dealing with everyone else's problems. And they're like, yeah, look inside. <laughs> it's very good. It's actually very good. Like therapy. It's like, <laughs> Iran, you need to look inside and see what's going on in your own country. What's going on inside you. So people are, you can tell tensions are boiling. Mm-hmm. There was this article on Guardian or something. One of those sites that was like, is the regime going to fall? And it's mm-hmm. like, I mean, ideally, but there will be chaos for years before something decent is built back up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like President Rouhani, um, the president of Iran, who is trying, he's like that kind of moderate who's like balancing both sides. And like a lot of people lost faith in him because of the Iran deal. And so there, there's a lot of tension. Like if anyone was to hopefully bring it to a more westernized like style of living, um, it would have been Rouhani, but he also he would also have to lose the Ayatollah who's like looking over his shoulder, who's right. literally, you know, like the devil being like, no, you can't have that. It's too westernized. No, it's inappropriate. Women don't mean anything. They're less than. And it's a mess. Like Iran, it can be very frustrating. Like I can't, I'm not allowed to like do anything by myself. Like if I walk outside, like, no, someone will bother you. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, like yeah. you, you can't walk in front of men. You have to walk behind them. Like if a man basically opens, like this is a problem because my dad is like pretty Americanized now because he's been here since the seventies and he'll like open a door for a woman. And like my uncle will be like, do not do that unless you're going to marry her. <laughs> like literally like stop treating women nice. And my dad's like, what? I have manners. Yeah. And like, you don't have manners here unless you're trying to like propose to all these women. Like, and my mom's sitting there like, what? Like, what's going on? And it's, it's just, it's madness. It's like, that's how women yeah. are treated. Oh, you're legitimately God. less than. Like I can't speak up if something is bothering me. Like, I have to shut my mouth and sit there and tell one of my uncles, like, and then he has to go deal with it. Like, I can't do anything. It's madness. Oh, my God. It must be so strange when when you visit. I'm losing my shit, like, 90% of the time. Yeah. (laughs) Because I'm, like, loud and obnoxious, and they'll be like, shut up. You're you're literally just talking too loud. (laughs) And everyone can hear you speaking in an American-Iranian accent (laughs) when you're speaking in Farsi. So they take one look at you and be like, she's not from here. And then I'm like, oh. (laughs) <laughs> like trying to like shrink down but i'm also like four feet taller than all my cousins because five four is like the normal height in iran like the average and i'm like weird and anyway oh my i gosh. just look weird too so to them i'm like too like yeah. like my hair and my glasses they're like we don't get it <laughs> do you have to like mentally prepare yourself when you do visit where you're like do you have like a checklist where you're like i have to like do these things or i will um stand I... out <laughs> I try and hide my tattoos a little more, like, because I have, like, my hands are tattooed and, like, my wrists and stuff. I have, like, all my tattoos are in places where you can see, unfortunately. Um, what a decision. <laughs> the t- my 20s, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Early 20s was a mess. You guys anyway. have both have awesome tattoos, actually. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Thank yeah. But, yeah, but, like, in Iran, like, if you have a tattoo, you consider it, unless a, you have to have a doctor sign to say you're not mentally unstable because you got a tattoo. Oh. Yeah, like, it's very, like, if you get a tattoo, they're like, well, clearly they're crazy because who would mark their, like, body yeah. up like that? Yeah. So you can't even get a driver's license if you have a tattoo t- unless you have a doctor's note that says Whoa. you're mentally sane enough. That's to insane. drive a car. That. Yeah. So I try yeah. and kind of keep my, I mean, for the most part, you do have to be pretty covered up, but like my hands, I, I try not to like be mm-hmm. like, woo, like jazz <laughs> handsing it around. So uh, I do. I mean, I mentally prepare to like shut my mouth. 
yeah. and not give my opinion on everything, mm. which my father needs to do. Because my dad, now that he's, like, older and retired mm-hmm. and doesn't give a fuck, like, he'll go around, like, tell everyone his feelings about everything. <laughs> and he'll, like, the, every time we go for, like, February, when we went last February, like, there was a serious divide where you just see, like, family members are not coming to see us as often. And then I'd be like, what is going on? And I'd be, like, texting my cousins. They'd be like, oh, you didn't hear what your dad said? Oh, my God. <laughs> and I'd be like, what are you? doing and then he'll be like i'm too old to keep my mouth shut like i don't care anymore yeah and they'll be like well uncle like why don't you come back and live in iran then now that you're retired and my dad will be like hell no this place is trash i live in america i have an ipad i watch youtube videos hell no i'm never coming back here and it's like why would you say it like that like you just like have some tact and so maybe when i get older i'll be like that too in iran but my dad I, I don't even know. Yeah. Like, I don't know how he does it. And he'll still go back year after year, like, spend months there and be like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's so upset with him by the time he leaves. And what are you going to yeah. do? It's you so r- crazy because, like, my parents are the same. Like, they love this country so much. And and it's – I just want the country to love them back, you know? Yeah. I just want mm-hmm. them to love – yeah, it's just – Yeah. Because they came here for a better life and they 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 made it. They, they made it for themselves and – it breaks my heart that that they just get shat on like like as a culture and mm-hmm. as a yeah 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 or in the airport especially don't even get me started on the airport <laughs> oh, yeah. oh man that's i just can't even imagine um th- i have no good segue for this question at all but um <laughs> what is it like to date right now <laughs> well <laughs> i'm in a committed relationship with a white person oh, yeah <laughs> no, he's he's like really white yeah, he's pretty. White. He's like Orange County surfer, bro. Yeah, like the, maybe the whitest. Is, is yeah, he? Is find. he woke? Woke white guy. He records our podcast. Um, <laughs> is he woke? Uh, Are you I mean, te- you teaching him? <laughs> he. I mean, like he's like a surfer, bro. So he's very un. He's not bothered by a lot of things. Like he's just like <laughs> whoa, you know. Like I'll shout him out. It's Exactamundo is his name. So <laughs> <laughs> his name is Zach. His name is Zach. But he's like known as Exactamundo. He's yeah. actually used to be the tech coordinator here at Meltdown. Oh, great! I love. Yeah. First of all, Zach that's is like awesome. the greatest handle to have yeah. for this. Yeah. I hope it's, it's all his social media. Yeah, it, it is. is. He's <laughs> like <laughs> people see him and be like, "What's up, Exactamundo?" It's like, that's Wait, who really? He is. That's yeah, funny. it's like what he's known as. Um, he's very like, he's not bothered by such things. Like I don't even think he like really realizes. I'm brown, <laughs> but he he re- he records our podcast yeah. and he listens to each episode. Yeah. He has to because he's there. But like all the same, I'm like I'm not really sure he has too many thoughts about it. Like right. I think it's just like oh cool, that's interesting. And then, like, <laughs> that's it. like I think he uh, I think the one time he I, like he showed any sort of like weirdness, he was like I don't have to like go to Iran, do I? I'm like, too scared to do that. And I was oh like, my god, that's yeah. fine. Like that's totally understandable. Yeah. He's like I just don't know if they would accept me because I'm like so white. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, that's fine. I would never you drag this, you there. You said this before which I think is really funny, but uh, dating a white guy is bad for the brand. Yeah. <laughs> but I can't help it. Yeah. yeah. He's my baby. So I don't know. It's interesting. Like, I, I never really dated white people. That sounds weird. Mm-hmm. It's not that. It's just maybe there was just never really, like, actually, no, I guess I, I was, like, seeing this this younger white guy <laughs> in high school. But that didn't last long. Like, I, like, yeah, I don't know. I, like, tend to be drawn to people of color. I don't know if that's just because, like, that's who I vibe with or maybe mm-hmm. that's just like a lot of my friends are that way but mm-hmm. yeah I didn't even know I was gonna get like I'd known my boyfriend for like four years before we even like really had any really like real mm-hmm. interaction that was beyond like hey what's up yeah this is my <laughs> yeah. show Can, yeah. yeah cool 
Yeah. And that was like it. Yeah. And yeah, it's fine. I don't know. Shireen? <laughs> um, like, have either of you guys done dating apps? Like, I've never I'm done not, a dating app. I'm not like, yeah. I'm, I'm like a little, not like. Well, we should get you on one. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm a little, I just have no idea where to even start with that. Like, I, I, just, I don't think it's for me. Like, I, I, I've been tempted, but in the, like, just re- like for the first time recently, I've been tempted, but. I don't know if I will ever do it. Like, it's just, I don't yeah, even know where yeah. to start. Also, like, yeah. I feel like being raised as, like, Middle Eastern kids, like, stranger danger is so big yeah. that you're like, I'm not going to go meet some stranger. Like, mm-hmm. dating is already shitty enough. Like, why would I do that on <laughs> yeah. purpose? Yeah. yeah. Like, um, I would get, I will get murdered. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just what you're taught from a very yeah. young Quite age. Honestly, those are great attitudes to have <laughs> yeah. about internet dating. I'm deep in the throes of it, and I'm yeah. about to quit. It's like, it's just, uh, I, it's I think, I also think, like, as someone who's Middle Eastern or just, like, has feelings about about things that are happening. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard for me to talk about. First of all, but it's hard to make other people care. Yeah. Or other people want to know. Like I, I was dating someone for uh, a like a, like a little bit like under a year, like maybe maybe a year, a little over a year. But um, I don't want it to seem like I'm trying to to be like a sob story in a way. Mm-hmm. Like I. I want them to care, but I also don't want it to be my whole identity. And I, it's, it's also, like, my sister is, like, the golden child. My older sister, she's a doctor. She has a, a white fiancé now who's, like, he, he, like, got engaged to her, like, the Muslim way. Like, she's, she's doing it all right. <laughs> and uh, I just, I'm not someone that ever wants to get married. I'm not someone that um, craves, like, motherhood or anything. So I think, like, my parents are waiting for me to get over that and just, like, get over this phase. But for me... I'm I'm just really bad at at dating. <laughs> I'm bad at at being I think I think I think what Anna was saying like being attracted to people of color. I think it's only because there's it's 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 nice being with someone that's also considered weird or different because mm-hmm. they kind of get you. Mm-hmm. They kind of get that like, oh, like I can make a joke about someone or like I can I can make a joke about not being white and they won't be like you're not white or like, like they won't, they won't like have a retort to everything or mm-hmm. like, like I feel like there's just something about being with someone that's also an other that's like comforting. Even mm-hmm. if it's not, even if it's not someone that you're an other with, like I've never been attracted to a Middle Eastern person. I don't know why. Like I sh- I'm just like, that's cause you see your father. Yeah. I just For like, sure. not into it. Like, please like, like, like any furthest, intense thing, yeah. like a Middle Eastern guy says to me, I'm like, Whoa, dad, back yeah. off. Okay. <laughs> like leave me alone. Like yeah. I can't help it. Like yeah. any sort of aggression. Cause like Middle Eastern men, they're very intense. Mm-hmm. They're like chauvinistic in a way that they can't help because culturally that's the way it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they like want to like, I don't know. I, I, I get like very like, like, I, I feel like they're they're trying to put power on me and yeah. I'm just like, you back off, dad. And then yeah. they're just like, what did you call me? And I'm like, nothing. <laughs> I don't see you as my father. Oh my God, I mean, dad. I will say, my dad, my dad, I think, is one of the one of the most uh, open-minded Middle Eastern men I've ever known. He's so generous. He's, he, he's so but wise. But do, do you feel like that's just the Americanizing of I think him? I think that's he's also just, I think he was one of the smartest, one, I think he's the smartest person in his family. I think he... He married my mom, who was very liberal and West and like Westernized for Syria. I guess she didn't she didn't cover her hair. Like he he already knew what he that he was different than his family because his family is very religious. Um, but it's not that I don't want to date my father. It's just like for some reason, I think 
I don't want to date someone that looks like me. Like, I don't want to date someone mm. that I want to date someone that I can learn from that. Mm-hmm. I, like it has a culture that I can also find fascinating if they find my cu- culture fascinating. Yeah. Um, and if it's, if it's a white person, great, but it's also like, I don't, I guess I don't really have a type. Like I, I just, I'm open to the idea of, of being attracted to a, a, a girl or a, a guy that can, that has their own identity going on. And, um, isn't defined by one thing and i think that's that's something that yeah i don't know i don't know where i'm going with this I'm so that's interesting i feel like my dad is pretty liberal too but i also think it's because he's just been in america for so long oh. and so he's and also like we lived in like berkeley in the bay area so he's just yeah. had his influence and like my mom is a very devout muslim woman like prays mm-hmm. five times a day but if you saw her on the street she looks white her hair is light it's like a light brown yeah um She's just tiny and, like, friendly. She doesn't, like, cover up. She's very, like, oh, hi. Yeah. You would never know. That's the most devout Muslim woman. <laughs> like, she literally prays five times a day. If we're somewhere and she, it is prayer time, mm-hmm. she'll be, like, all right, let's scope it out. Let's see where we can pray. Like, literally, <laughs> like, we'll be in a dressing room, in a car, like, anywhere. Yeah. She's, like, oh, it's time. I got to do what I got to do. And, like, literally every Friday does Friday Quran study with her friends. So they either meet in person yeah. at one of their fr- house or they do it over Google Hangout. Like, the most devout Muslim woman, but you would never, even interacting with her, she's one of the most liberal people mm-hmm. I've ever met. Like, she's yeah. not, like, She's a modern extremist. Muslim woman. Yeah. That's, that's beautiful. And that's, she that's, needs to be on Homeland yeah. so that America understands Don't that even a talk Muslim to me about woman doesn't homeland. look like the certain thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Get your mom on Homeland. Yeah. Yeah, she would never. She has no interest in anything. She works in like building surveillance. She's extremely intelligent. Yeah, yeah. she's she's on yeah. some next level shit. I don't even know what she's doing. I think and I, she never yeah. pushes any. She never pushes any religion on me. Like in yeah. my entire life, she like gave me a Quran once. Like check it out if you want. And then like would say like religious things like God is watching. And we'd be like okay, <laughs> but she never ever was like you have to be Muslim. Yeah. It was always just kind of like, do what you want. Like, she never pushes it on anyone. I think she it's does beautiful, her own thing. Though. I think I've told you this before, but I'm envious of that, that your parents yeah. did that. Like, Well, my dad is secular. He's not religious. That's the thing. Yeah. So maybe if my father was also mm-hmm. Muslim in that way, mm-hmm. then maybe it would have happened. Maybe. But like, like we, I, we had to I go to think... Saturday school. We had to go to oh, the yeah. mosque all the time. Like, uh, my dad had like, my dad, I think if he... My dad has this thing, like, if we, if his daughters don't come out to be good Muslim girls, he would have failed as a father. Because for mm. him, it's like, it's, it's not, he's not, it's not, he's not, he doesn't even pray. He's not that religious. But for him, it's like a cultural thing. Like, we have to be proud. And I'm so proud. I have a podcast about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, I think he sees that now. Mm-hmm. I think he sees that I don't need to uh, say I'm a Muslim to be proud of being raised that way. Um but it does make dating hard, to be honest. Like I, I, I'm pretty much, I'm kind of like a late bloomer when it comes to dating, I guess. And, and I think I, like, I feel like I have to hide that part of my life a little bit from my parents. Um, I definitely hide it. Yeah. I mean, but they've met your boyfriend. I mean, they, well, they've this met is Zach. the one boyfriend that I've actually brought home because I was like, oh, this is someone I see something with. Mm-hmm. So I introduce yeah. him. But for the most part, I never really bring my. Like unless I, unless I home. think I'm gonna get married to someone, which is never I'm not gonna get married. Like I don't know if I can ever introduce him to my dad. Like mm-hmm. I don't know if he'll accept that. Mm-hmm. Like you know. So well, that's the other thing is like in Middle Eastern cultures, like dating isn't common. Yeah. 
It's, right. it's like you live at home until you find yeah. someone that until you move your out father and meets someone else's yeah, father. Exactly. They have a meeting about you guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then they introduce you, and then five you're, other meetings yeah. happen. Then it's decided if you'll get married. You're, you're the last person to meet the group. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. like everyone else decides if he's your dude, and yeah. then you get be like, Ugh, and they're like, well, you need to like figure it out. You either want him yeah. or you don't. If you don't, we need to cut this goddamn cord and move it on. Oh, and yeah. it's so intense. They still do that in Iran. Like, I have cousins being like, so I'm, uh, dad's going to go meet. Yeah. Like, yeah. Ugh. And it's, it's I, I mean, it's, it's, it's cultural. It's, weird. it's, it's, it's a cultural, um, tradition and uh, but they're irrespective for what it is but also we moved here for a reason guys yeah. <laughs> that's the thing is like while it's cultural and it's like interesting i still have serious issues with it like i have a 17 year old cousin who's currently like just got married to a 32 year old like millionaire oh, and wow. the reason is because it's her family my uh cousin it's my cousin's daughter my cousin and his wife who don't get me started <laughs> um kind of like we're like oh well he's super rich she's pretty and he's into her why not? Yeah, like yeah. let's her send her is, off. Her Opportunistic. She's graduating high school, so let's send yeah. her off versus sending her to freaking college. Yeah. Like, oh, ugh, that's it's upsetting. No, yeah, I totally that's, agree. Uh, with that. That's one of the things me and my dad got in trouble for for voicing our opinions about last time we I were can there. I see that because yeah. we were like, the fuck. <laughs> Like, yeah. she's 17. They're like, but he's a millionaire. And I'm like, I don't give a shit. But, but they're That's still, not how that works. They, they're, oh their minds gosh. work differently, though. They don't see it the way we see it. And, yeah. and, and it's crazy because you're sitting there and you're seeing... Because I have so many cousins that also got married when they were so young. And for me, it's just like, mm-hmm. so sad. It's so yeah. sad because that's their... But that's, yeah. but that's what they even imagine their life to be. Like, I will get married and have kids and that's, 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 that's it. Like, I think... I've been I've been spoiled being an American because I can th- I think anything is possible. Yeah, but it's e- it's even crazier than that. Like I, you know, like the Kurds. If mm-hmm. you know anything about the Kurds, they're um uh, ethnic group in the Middle East. They don't have their own country or anything. Um, they're dispersed all around the Middle East, like yeah. Iraq and and Iran, like northern Iran. And um, I don't know if you heard, but there's like always things about them potentially uprising and there being a war. But um. One of this Kurdish family that worked for my cousin's um, like home, they worked in their home. They like he lives on this giant land and and whatever, and they work for him. The young girl who's like the whole family works for him, so like the kids don't go to school. Yeah, they like the son's already dropped out of high school. Like he just works on the land, and the daughter was like twelve, and she basically wasn't. They were like homeschooling her kind of. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to her, and I'm like sitting there, and she's like, "Let me do your laundry," and I'm like, "Not comfortable <laughs> with a twelve year old like." <laughs> housemate yeah. doing my laundry and I was like no 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 like I was trying to make excuses and my father was being like you literally like culturally you have to let them do it or you're being rude and she was telling me like yeah you know like soon like when I turn like 13 and like I think she was like 11 or something like in a few years like I'll be married off and sent off to another family to be a wife and I was like like oh like that was like me being like right. my head is gonna implode please stop doing my laundry yeah. <laughs> like you're 12 or like 11 and you're already being like in two years i'll be married and you're like 13 yeah like you're ready you're oh, that and, and that's heart. like to her that's like yay i'm gonna that's go get life. married like yeah. i'll be sent off yeah. my father will like basically sell me for a marriage and you know that's how it goes and i have no thoughts about it and you're like have you heard of instagram like you're just like <laughs> yeah. you don't know what to do like it, yeah. it's you want to literally like, put her in your bag mm-hmm. and take her yeah. out of the country yeah. but you can't because like what's all they do yeah like would she even survive if i brought her out here yeah. like who knows like she doesn't know anything else and that's yeah. crazy that's so hard that, that it, it is today that's happening yeah. yeah yeah and i'm sitting here being like am i peaking like on the- <laughs> i probably am i peak so hard i'm so sorry no it's all good um 
uh, how's your 17-year-old cousin? Like, this whole time I've been here being Dude. like, how, how is she, though? She's on Snapchat. <laughs> She's on yeah. Snapchat. Yeah, I don't know. It's she crazy. was kind of bitchy last time I saw her, so I was like, go yeah. get married to a 32-year-old millionaire, you weirdo. <laughs> Good luck with that. You're going to have 40 kids in a year. Okay. So I'm being mean, but. At least I, they got the money to take care of them. Yeah. Oh. So ups- well, let's say that economy's not doing great. Who knows what he is now? He's probably a thousander versus yeah. a millionaire. Oh my god! Don't get married, guys. Try just resist. I have so many cousins that got married early. It's just live your life. Live, live yeah, your life. it's crazy. My grandma had my mom at sixteen. Well, my my grandma had my my grandma got married at seventeen. Also, at one point, my grandpa had two wives. So if you bring up polygamy to my mom, she's very weird about it. She's like, yeah, I don't really want to talk about that. <laughs> she's like, oh, that's interesting. Is it because your father had two wives at one point? Oh, yeah. uh, that's the one that makes it rain. So I'm not complaining. Let's. I'm not out there being like, that's so interesting. I'm like, dude, two wives, do what you got to do. <laughs> and then yeah. he gives me money. <laughs> like, I, can't, I can't talk about being interested in women or like being queer or anything. Because my, yeah. my, my dad even, I think I mentioned it like on an episode of Ethically Ambiguous yeah, back when it was on know. YouTube. And he asked me what queer meant. Because yeah, I said like, I was queer. Happy? And I was like, don't worry about it. <laughs> He's like um, on Google like, oh no. <laughs> but like I, I feel like yeah, I, I live. A, I feel like I've lived like a little bit of a double life since I was like in high school, mm-hmm. which is just something I've come to accept. Yeah. Um, Naturally, I mean yeah. that's what you do. Yeah, you just have to. Parents, they don't like. I can't be like I'm a podcast producer. Yeah. Like, my mom's literally like, what's a podcast? Yeah, and I'm like, I have health insurance. <laughs> and that's like all they care. Yeah, that's the only thing that translates. Yeah. Like, okay, so she has a job that gives her health insurance, so she must be doing okay. Yeah, like I couldn't ever explain any of this yeah you just live your life and smile for them yeah yeah and, and <sighs> you show up for dinner yeah. and they're happy they're, they're, <laughs> i feel like immigrant parents for the most part are so family oriented and they just want the best for you so i think once you i feel like the older you get the closer you get to your parents for the most part um and i'm and i i love my parents more than anything in the world and i'm so grateful for them and i just want them to know that they've raised me right even if it's not what they expected (laughs) but yeah we'll see what happens (laughs) i feel like that's that's what makes us so like headstrong and Mm -hmm. wanting to like work it's like just because we didn't go down the typical route of like lawyer or doctor engineer we're still making it happen with the same like perseverance Mm -hmm. as if we had gone and done those things yeah Mm -hmm. and it's perseverance that they instilled in us i really think so like they like beat it into you like, yeah. you will do well. <laughs> but like, it's also because, like, they have that same perseverance coming here. Like, yeah. we've we've seen them go after what they want and be amazing at it. So we think anything is possible, too. Yeah. Now I walk 10 miles a day in snow to podcast. Yeah, exactly. While they, like, walk 10 miles, in, yeah. you know, to go to school, to get an yeah. education, to be able to apply for a visa to come to America. Yeah. This Okay, so I'm ending with another serious question, but uh, I feel like America's unbelievably divided right now. I mean, uh, in my lifetime, I feel like we're at more of a boiling point than I've ever seen. We're all still pretty young, but still, it feels crazy in America. Mm-hmm. Do you have any advice for any young women that would want to take action to address some of the race racial tensions the country is facing down right now? I'd say be vocal. Mm-hmm. don't let anyone's judgment hold you back and don't be afraid to be seen as like quote unquote shrieking crazy lady yeah because who cares like none of that even means anything like you can be as loud and opinionated as you want and it doesn't like nothing really matters so you mm-hmm. can stand up for what you believe in and don't be afraid to be judged because if something's important to you it's important to you and that's yeah. what matters 
be yeah express yourself and be proud of it and even doing the podcast we've gotten so many people that say that they tell us like we feel less alone because we did like i relate so much to this and that was our that was our goal in making the podcast honestly is just to make people like us like these weirdos here feel less like weirdos and and being weird is awesome by the way like i think knowing that you're not alone and speaking your voice you never know who you might reach and i and i've learned that with the podcast i learned that with filmmaking like you never know who you will resonate with and um yeah just just speak just speak your truth if that is like the lamest thing i've ever said but like just live your life and and express yourself the best way you know how because that's you only get one of these these crazy little things called life um and yeah write poetry and and make films or just or share things on whatever media or just talk to people it's i think creating dialogue in whatever form that you're comfortable with is so important and um yeah Awesome. Where can everybody find you guys on the internet uh, beyond ethnically ambiguous? Mm, um, I'm on Twitter at, at Anna Hosnie, A-N-N-A-H-O-S-S-N-I-E-H. Uh, our uh, whatever ethnically ambiguous Twitter mm-hmm. is ethnically amb, A-M-B. Mm-hmm. Our Instagram is ethnically ambig, A-M-B-I-G. Um, we have a website, ethnicallyambiguouspod.com. Yeah, Sweet. I'm on Twitter on at Shireen Y S H E R E N W H Y. Um, I have a website you can go to if you want to check out my my work and my poetry book that you can buy. Oh, um, cool! Yeah, what's your poetry book called? Dime Piece. It's a it. decade's worth of poetry, which is why I called it Dime Piece. <gasps> it's on so Amazon cool. Prime. Oh my god, that's so cool! Um, but yeah, it's follow me on Twitter. Uh, I I said my Twitter handle, and then on Instagram, I'm Shiro Hero S H E E R O. H-E-R-O. Um, and keep up with us. Um, yeah. Follow us on all the medias because we post stuff all... Even though mm-hmm. we're a weekly podcast, we were, we try to keep active on yeah, Twitter. Our especially. Twitter is yeah. very active. We're constantly retweeting and commenting on things. Yeah, because especially. things happening. Things are happening every fucking day, every fucking hour, yeah. and yeah. it's it's worth talking about um, because yeah, we can't get to it all in the podcast anyway. Yeah. yeah. And I'm very so. active on my own Twitter just being a vocal bitch yeah <laughs> I've, I've, i'm starting to become more active on social media yeah, keep since tagging having... things and shereen to make her comment <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just hard for me to like pr- first promote myself and also be active yeah. but like it's it's i've been learning that it's it, it's helpful and yeah. it, we it's having a voice and i'm i'm lucky that i have a voice in at all in the podcasting world and i'm trying to utilize it well so yeah Sometimes late, late, late at night, I'll tweet some real crazy shit <laughs> that I won't delete. So if you, you know, if you follow me, yeah, you might hear some crazy ass shit come out of me at like midnight. Cool. That's yeah. when I have my most inspiration. Yes. I, I, I don't really tweet crazy stuff, but I tweet like <laughs> dumb shit. I, 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 I'll, I'll think of like a dumbass joke that only I think is funny. And I'll tweet it immediately, and then like the next tweet after the, in the timeline is like these people have died. And I'm like, <laughs> God damn it! Wrong <laughs> timing. <laughs> so yeah, uh, that's still fun though. People need to see that. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. try. It's, li- it's life. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I'm so glad you guys could come on. This thank was you for having fascinating. Us. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Oh my god, honored thank you for being here. Females um, unite. Yeah, mm-hmm. and thanks for listening, clams. And as always, follow us on Instagram. Welcome to the Clam Bake on Twitter, Clam Bake Pod. Uh, you can call our hotline. I would love it if what? You if people call in about this episode and. Um, if you are an immigrant, we'd love to hear about your experience. 657-243-3789. 657-243-3789.
And you can email us at welcome to the clam bake podcast at gmail.com about being a clam ambassador or just Whoa. tell us what's going on. And thanks as always, Campfire Media and our producer, Ryan Counthouse. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcast. Shout Leave out. us that review. Yeah. Shout out to Ryan. Ryan's Shout out the to best. Ryan. Ryan's the best. Ryan hooked it up. Yay. Till next time, Clams. Thanks for listening. Bye. How do you like me now? Maybe as a chowder or on a platter with melted butter and tangy mustard in a cluster from the coast of California. A trust of luscious muscles bathed in the gravitational pull of the moon with a new batch coming soon. Fresh baked and tastefully welcoming you to the clam bake. Welcome to the clam Amanda Salvatore. And I'm Jackie Ray Bell, and we are the hosts of Guilty Pleasure, the podcast that celebrates, elaborates, and experiences our odd interests. We talk with comedians, writers, and artists about their chosen guilty pleasure, like LARPing, Burning Man, Keanu Reeves, Alan Iverson, television shows, 60s and 70s rock and roll, and the list basically goes on and on and on. If you'd like to check us out, we have a new episode every single Monday. Delivered to you from Campfire Media. Find us on iTunes or anywhere that you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Hey, thanks for listening. Campfire.